Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Have you ever been the object of attacks, gossip, or deception? And you have felt like Jeremiah feels today on the first reading where he cries out to the Lord, heed me, O Lord, and listen to what my adversaries are saying. We read in Jeremiah 18 that the people of Judah, the place from where Jesus was to be born, the line of the tribe of Judah, and the citizens of Jerusalem are contriving a plot against Jeremiah. They are going to destroy him by his own tongue. Can you imagine the evilness of somebody listening to what you're saying and looking for a way to destroy you? This is what Jeremiah is crying out. Lord, help me. They shouldn't dig a pit to take my life. He's actually put into a pit. I don't know if you've seen movies where um, they tell the story of Old Testament figures, but Jeremiah was placed in a pit. And sometimes if you've been in a work environment or maybe a family situation where everybody is talking against you, you don't need to be in a literal pit, but you feel like you're in one, like everybody outside is conversing and talking and plotting and nothing that you say is taken the right way. We are in good company when that happens and we can cry out to God with Psalm 31, save me, O Lord, in your kindness. Free me from the snare they set for me. You are my refuge. When things are going wrong, friends, let's remember Psalm 31, that God is our refuge. And here in this psalm, we also hear the words that Jesus says on the cross, into your hands, I commend my spirit. That is why Psalm 31 is such a beautiful and important psalm to remember, because they are the last words of of our Lord, and they can be the moment of our despair where we feel like we are at the end of our own rope. Lord, be my refuge. I hear the crowd whispering and I feel frightened, says the psalm. They're consulting together against me, but my trust is in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. In your hands is my destiny. Rescue me from the clutches of my enemies. No one knew better uh, of this kind of feeling than Jesus. In Matthew 20 today, Jesus going up to Jerusalem takes the 12 aside and tells them, the Son of Man is going to be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they're going to condemn him to death, hand him over to the Gentiles, and he's going to be mocked and scourged and crucified. People were experiencing this in the time of Roman invasion, and they knew what this meant. Can you imagine the baffled spirit? If you are with some friends and somebody shares, you know, I'm going to be taken away and really publicly humiliated. I'm going to be physically harmed and I'm going to be killed in a, in a very public, humiliating way. To this statement, we see the mother of the sons of Zebedee, which are John and James, Approaching Jesus, doing homage, and Jesus asking, what do you wish? And she answers, command that these two sons of of mine sit one at your right and the other one at your left. And Jesus says, 
you don't know what you're asking, right? Because we think in such a worldly way that we want the best for our kids. Many of my friends right now are waiting for college applications for their kids, for example. And sometimes we want our kid to go in a certain direction. We are sure we want him to be to the university of so-and-so. And we can see God saying, you don't know what you're asking. If they were to go to that one, they might lose their faith or they might become not people of God in some way. And they may end up in another one where they didn't think that they should be going. And yet that wish is actually misaligned with what God has in store for us. Jesus says, can you drink the chalice I'm going to drink? And they say, yes, we can. And Jesus tells them, yes, my chalice, you will drink. But to sit at my right or my left is not mine to give for those is prepared to the Father. So there's this humility in our Lord saying, our Heavenly Father is going to be the one that tells what happens and in what direction our lives unfold. It seems rather odd to have that passage to me right after Jesus says he is going to be crucified. It just shows that the realm of the Spirit and the realm of God's salvation is running sometimes parallel to our earthly desires. And we might be hearing something that is actually so important, but our mind and our eye is on something else. And we are not able to grasp that which God is telling us because we're running so focused on the thing that is of this earthly realm. But Jesus is so patient And even in the midst of that, he still asks you and me, what do you wish? He cares about our hearts. He cares about Jeremiah. What do you wish? And Jeremiah is saying, please help me come out of this alive. Help these enemies to let me be, to to give me my freedom. And Jesus ends the passage today saying, the son of man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So after attending to the mother, after responding to the questions of the sons, after knowing that he was pretty much not really heeded or attended to in something so profound that he had just said, he's coming back and joining the thought to say, yes, you have come to be servants of each other, and God is your father And it is his will that all of us come to do. Let us come to the throne then and say, Father Almighty, we hear your will and many times we do not know what to make of it. In our hardness of heart, we sometimes also pretend that we haven't heard it or make up all kinds of excuses for not following it. Sometimes we feel fear. Sometimes we feel shame. How could I be asked to do that? What are my friends going to think about it? You know, I have a reputation to uphold and we walk in a different direction or we focus on the earthly desires. Like this good mother of these two good sons that serve Jesus so well is still having her perceptions adjusted by Jesus with his patience and his love. Thank you for your patience and your love for adjusting our perceptions, Father. Help us to live in a way that is worthy of being children of God and help us to do your will in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. 
and we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.